scratch and sniff. Scratch and sniff? Scratch and sniff! I didn't know I was agreeing to that. <laughs> I thought those days were over. Well, Doctor, what was that? I just soiled myself. To be absolutely frank, I mean, Margaret Thatcher was a big influence on me mm. when I was uh, growing up. She's a big up. influence on a lot of people. Well, indeed. Well, and, in different um, ways. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, some good, and I appreciate others not. I really enjoy working in small theatres. I don't like the huge, spectacular shows, you know. I quite like to see the audience. I, you know, I like to have that contact. The whites of their eyes. I, yeah, not quite, not quite. <laughs> Did you feel that uh, Russia brought something positive to Afghanistan? Oh, definitely. I wasn't restricted as a girl from school. I wasn't restricted of what I wanted to wear. So it was definitely a positive time. But obviously behind the scene and in politics, a lot went on and a lot of people didn't like the way Afghanistan was working. My father said, Dentistry would be a very useful uh, career for you. You can use it any country in the world, and as a Jew, you might be thrown out any time. Still, it remains in me, that, that possibility. It was for me, being in the supermarket in Accrington, and my elderly ladies coming up to me and saying, when are you and Marie getting married? And me saying, well, we're not allowed to, because Haley's transgender, and, and them going, never mind that, they should be together. And that's the way to change the world. I remember teasing you mercilessly at the time because uh, uh, I, I'm more of a Corrie watcher than an Emmerdale watcher. No, no, no offence to Emmerdale. Although I think they missed a trick by not calling it farm when they, they shortened it. It should be farm explanation mark. I have a real love-hate relationship with being well-known. With EastEnders, you know, this. I used to do my supermarket shop while the omnibus was on to, to be able to get round. And I wouldn't oh. go to a pub on a Friday night because when you're recognising somebody's pissed, it gets a bit yes. invasive. Yeah. And when school's out, that mm. was horrid. When you get 30 giggling, screaming, screaming, going, ah, let's mm. raise the a lot of geek blokes in the world, but, but women tend to circumnavigate that a lot. How, how fascinating. Well, it's like they always say that women are good at multitasking. Oh. I mean, I have a lot of girlfriends that I'll try to watch a movie with them, and mm. they cannot concentrate on the movie. Okay. And I'm one of these people, when you go to the cinema with me, I do not talk no, no, no. throughout the movie. I need to watch the dang movie. My lovely Andy would be <laughs> applauding you now. A comedy, fine, if someone wants to laugh and whisper something to me. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. Mm. But a drama, I need oh, to can watch. Can you move it. your head? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, just to visit at the Scottish place again for a minute. It's a tiny wee mouth. Oh, it's a tight. You don't like so. What Andy did there was great because it wasn't too strong. You often mm. people are Scottish, <laughs> like that. So let's have one of your poems then. I'm glad I'm not Emily Dickinson. What a miserable life led she. She didn't have Cadbury's dairy milk, and nobody came for tea. And also by the Scotsman, uh, apparently you are tender, frightened, and convincing. I mean, it's working for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've made Sandy Walsh blush, but in a, in a good way. How about we play one of the biggest Australian gay anthems in the last few years? Is this he doing the accent? He's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, Zoe Badwe and TV Rock with Release Me. Sorry, I didn't get any of that. Something about, something about uh, Rolf Harris. Zoe Badwe. <laughs> Sorry, Zoe who? Zoe Badwe. <laughs> Bad we, bad we. <laughs> I never thought about that. How, how do you do a good we? It is B A D. I must admit though, when I have Barocca, which is like a vitamin drink, you you do have a very bad we. It's all orange. <laughs> yeah, you get sort of Judith Chalmers having a we then. Kylie, do you, you have worked with Kylie, haven't you? Or um, we did do a remix for Kylie. Unfortunately, it got turned down. Oh right. 
Well, more fool them, that's what I say. Um, sugar Babes. Did you work with the Sugar Babes? No. Oh, how the, where did they get that from? No, right. I'm not 100% sure. Kinky no. might have worked with the Sugar Babes before. No. Right. I'm well, you, sure. wouldn't, you wouldn't bother now, would you? So, uh, um, and did you write a Torchwood television as well as a? Yes. You see um, that I haven't got it in my little notes. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slap, <laughs> I'm gonna slap my assistant. Uh, um, I'm pretending that I've got assistant. It's actually me. Yeah. <laughs> and Yvette on LOLO with the original. Well, cast. that was because was darling Michelle, um, Vicky Michelle. Did you put some soap on the stairs or something? <laughs> no, 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 because it's not my role, no, please. No. Um, but I had actually worked with Gordon Kay. Uh, on another play, okay. which was um, called something or other. Whoops, um, whoops Vega, my bloomers. Was, <laughs> no, it was actually a bit better than that. <laughs> I, got, I went on Breakfast Teller the other day and they showed all these clips. And I found myself getting feeling a bit, not upset, God, I would be pathetic, but, but like a bit, a bit sort of like, oh, wobbled by it. And I, have to, and I have to try and explain to him that I'm like, not like crying at my great acting. Like, oh, look at me being so brilliant in my death scene or whatever. It's just, it's about watching Haley. Who's this person that I loved? Who I kind of killed? You know, yes, you did. <laughs> do I feel I'm the, I'm what that's done to Ryan? I feel responsible. I'd say about yeah. this film is it's perfect to take someone on a date to because you don't have to I, talk to him. Yeah. Did I'm you sure. do the old yawn, arms around the back, <laughs> creeping down the front? It was very I'm, tempting. I'm doing a bra, <laughs> sliding the bra out of the top. Yeah. <laughs> it's an art to that. I didn't start work until six, seven weeks after all the others. So I slipped in a little job at Bromley called Whose Life Is It Anyway? Mm-hmm. at Bromley Theatre. Nice. And I met the father of my first child. Oh, wonderful. So Harry would never have existed. Yes. If I'd accepted Rose. It's Isn't it funny? It's a lovely way the... jobs link with the personal <laughs> side as well. You are listening to Jaded Kid. I saw some high-end DJs like Pete Tong, yeah. Tiesto, that sort of thing, and you saw the crowd's reaction, and I thought, I want some of that action. When you're making a song, you're making it to make people dance, for people to enjoy themselves. You've got to make sure that your song has got everything that you think it needs. Growing up, I had CDs that had been passed down to me that I used to listen to, and that's sort of how I developed my musical taste. I mean, I think that's the same with me, actually, because I have two brothers, two sisters, so I, the, the music sort of filtered down, as did their socks. Scratch and sniff! My partner, Tim Benzi, and I have, uh, we've started a campaign called It's Got To Be Bassy, which is our campaign for Shirley Bassy to sing the next Bond theme. And the main part of the campaign is we've created a video, which is on YouTube, in which we edit ourselves into every single Bond film, including Spectre. Positively shocking. With a sign saying it's got to be bassy to tell James Bond himself that we think it's got to be bassy. The Americans are going to be none too pleased about this. And in terms of ideas for songs, it, it can be any which way. For example, Heart and Soul, we wrote, we had a new toy, courtesy of my father's financing, bless him. And we had this new um, state-of-the-art keyboard that had an inbuilt sequencer. So Ron starts messing around with the sequence and he's going, pressing buttons, and the next thing we've got, dum, 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 which is the baseline to heart and soul. In my first TV commercial, I played Jacqueline Bissett's or Bisset, uh-huh. sis, sister. younger sister, oh. in a commercial for the egg marketing board. Okay, go to work on an egg. <gasps> Absolutely. (laughs) It's a great way to travel. We work to try and prevent people from becoming infected with the virus. Sure. We also work with people who have had an HIV diagnosis to come to terms with it, to live well and get the most out of their health and their medical treatment. It sounds like all this costs money, Catherine. Uh, How are your budgets these days with a recession uh, and uh, what do you do to get the money in to be able to keep your places open? 
Most voluntary sector agencies, like ourselves, have to rely on a huge array of different funding options from local authorities sometimes mm. to help with the social care services. We also look to major trusts and grants like the Big Lottery Fund. Mm. And we also rely hugely on personal donations sure. and fundraising as a charity. That's a huge part of our work. If the radio's dull... In the neighborhood, who are you gonna call? Nick Randall. And it went to number one in the club chart. And out of it, Matt called me up personally and asked us if we wanted to perform at the Royal Albert Hall with him. And he um, said, I'll think about it. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, went out, I went out and bought a thousand pound pair of like bling bling headphones. Hey! And <laughs> a thousand pound suit. So, Excellent yeah, no, stuff. I jumped at the chance. You know, not many DJs can say they can perform at the uh, Royal Albert Hall. So that's that was, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a big gig. Now, what makes this film interesting is that it's actually really the story about two men because J. Edgar Hoover. For so all of the... <laughs> <laughs> Look, Nick, there's not much man-on-man action in this uh, movie. But yeah, what it is, okay, is on. a sort of story Just about... Just very intense here, right? <laughs> go on, go on. It's a story about... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we haven't done this readers for a couple of months. Uh, so, anyway, go on. Okay. Yes, it's better be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically... J. Edgar Hoover, famously, was he gay? Because I don't think a lot of people were aware of your connection with Liza Minnelli. Daddy put me into Miss Dixon and Miss Wolfe tutorial school in Victoria, and that's where I met Liza. And, of course, you know, Judy was the most funny, wonderful, warm, incredible woman. And we see so much portrayed of the angst, the pain. There were those issues. But day-to-day life... She was a mama. And somebody came pounding across the beach at me. I thought, oh, no, not here, not now. Leave me, running towards me, running towards me. And I, and they ran straight past me. (laughs) (laughs) No, come back. They were, well, do you know, there was a bit of me that, oh, they weren't, oh, okay. I would have a a T-shirt, pay me some attention. (laughs) Absolutely. So I thought, I'd take note of this, Lou, because actually... Yeah, you pretend absolutely. you're fed up with it, but actually you quite like it. And tofu, banana and cucumber are the three stages of male erection. <laughs> I see you as an icon and a national treasure, my darling. <laughs> it's really sweet of you. Um, other people might think, oh my God, when are they going to die? You know. There is evidence to suggest that J. Edgar Hoover was essentially okay. a closeted gay man. I mean, he never had is a relationship. Is that reflected in it, it, it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he had a very... He had he had a lot of the typical characteristics, if you want to kind of point a cliche. <laughs> Look, can you just finish it on your own? Okay, yeah. So I don't sure. know what's wrong with me, no, sorry. Okay, I'm just fine. like, well, let's start, that's it. Okay. Oh, you can come back in for no, what? Yeah, I'll just sit here. Okay, no, okay. I've made up for it. I, yeah. I've spent many, many years since making amazing commercials, teaching people how to make sure that they don't get infected with STIs. Oh, right, that's so lovely. I'm, I'm, I'm the voice of chlamydia. I don't own my old hits. I can re-record them. I can do my own sound alike. And if you wanted to do a commercial with China in your hand, you could come to me and I'll cut you a better deal with a complete sound-alike. You're the ultimate sound-alike. Yeah. I sound just like myself, it's amazing. <laughs> there was a man sitting in there too, who I was basically oblivious of. Turned out to be Arthur Mayer from Metro Gold Mayer and wanted to offer me a five-year contract with MGM. Oh my God. 
and it was written as this sort of very camp thing. And I actually knew a couple of people that auditioned for it, and they'd said, oh, it's this very sort of camp actory type. Mm. I thought, well, I could do that. But it said, Len is tall, and then blah, blah, blah. blah. And uh, Mark Gator sent me an email and said, will you give me a ring? And I thought, he's not doing that to tell me I've got it. Uh, he's just being nice because he is the nicest man in the world. And he said, look, we've, we loved what you did, but... And I said, you've gone for somebody tall, haven't you? And he went, yeah. <laughs> Are you enjoying now far more than you were enjoying the height of your success? No. Because at the height of my success, I was on private jets and limousines and I wouldn't be stuck in a pub with the likes of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's charming, that is. It brings back such good memories of going out clubbing and being, you know, wild and free and all these things. Letting all your hairs hang out. Letting them all hang out. <laughs> <laughs> when I was um, three... I used to sing the Queen of the Night in German to pitch. I think I put out like a 19-track album like within about six months. Have you got any of these? No. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you have. You've got them in your loft or something, haven't you? (laughs) No, sadly, they were destroyed in a fire. (laughs) (laughs) And this woman came up to me, she said, Now tell me, have you made any movies? And I said, well, no, I haven't been to Betty Ford yet. Well, if I could have gone through that floor. <laughs> I've never been a person who, who stood up for gay rights or, or gay equality. There have always been stronger people to do that for me. But you know what? That's not acceptable. All of us need mm-hmm. to take a stand because without us taking a stand and saying this isn't acceptable, people won't learn. I could never get an agent for years because of my disability. So I had to be my own, which was good for me, actually, because it taught me a lot of discipline. And so negotiating the right fee, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not as good on that one. More about getting the role. And Britt Eklund turned and gave me a smile such as you have never seen. And I got this wonderful, utter, total attention until she realised I was absolutely no use to her whatsoever and it was all turned off as though the light was Oh, turned. no! She did make me laugh. And I had a terrible problem because my Hamlet kept treading on my very pointy-toe shoes, you see, so I had to keep trying to leave the stage. But, of course, I couldn't because he was on the foot. And then there was a guy who was supposed to shout something from the wings and he didn't come on. And I, very quick thinking, because I've got a very deep voice... I rushed off to do this old character who actually was still in the toilet. And I went off and I went, and the line was, Give me some light! And then I ran back on as Ophelia. (laughs) So the review came in the next day. The first Ophelia to start out mad and go slowly sane. And I just think, actually, that if you don't have older actors and older actresses, you're not really getting a view of a balanced society. By hook or by crook, I ended up meeting them in their hotel. The words breaking in are so vulgar. For a 16-year-old Beatlemaniac (laughs) to spend eight days with John and Yoko, I still don't believe it. And then I was with Douglas Mm. uh, Adams. I will always remember Douglas's immortal words. She can't sing, she can't dance, she can't act. What's the good of her? (laughs) And for some reason, I was insulted. My simple mantra is never accept the world as it is dream of what the world could be and then help make it happen no i love it carol decker on scratch and sniff with a goodie bag thank you so much well paul the very best of luck with this campaign uh, and to your partner tim as well i hope it goes well i hope we get dame shirley back to sing another bond film and because you've done two bite-sized uh, shows for us you get a celebrity box of chocolates oh, thank you, you very much I do enjoy that <laughs> paul joseph thank you so much thank you i've enjoyed it tremendously and uh, thank you for for picking up on so many things that I'd I'd actually forgotten about. Thank you very much. What an enjoyable interview.